The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. So I've never shared what I'm about to say in the context of what I'm uh, sharing it, but here's something I need you to, to recognize uh, in the context of what's taking place at Faith Hill Church. There's an exciting thing that happening, well, it's been happening ever since the beginning of this ministry. We always knew uh, that there was a grace for growth and increase and, and acceleration and things of that nature. And uh, what I want to encourage you to do is to not just blindly walk into service and blindly walk out or blindly be a part of this community and not tap into it. Now, for you to ta- start taking full advantage of the grace that's available, I believe there is a grace that God has made available uh, for all of us. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, uh, this testimony quickly. I'm just going to read it out to you. Uh, there are three things that you're going to have to do. The first thing you need to do, and these are things that I apply in my own personal life when I see a ministry that I believe is going somewhere. The first thing I do is I recognize what's going on. Amen. The first thing you want to do is recognize what's going on. Just recognize uh, where the bus is going. Amen. And the second thing you want to do is honor it. So one of the things we do as Faithful Church, and we've done this right from the start when our income, I was sharing with Dillian, uh, that our income used to be uh, 6000 a month. And then it grew to about 12000 a month. And our expenses at the time were close to 25000 And, you know, it was really uh, interesting just navigating those waters. And yet the Lord still took care of us and we're still here today. Amen. <laughs> so God will still take care of you. But even those days, one of the things we did in recognizing and honoring was we always partnered with Caris Bible College and Ruomag Ministry. One of the things we will never miss on every single month is our partnership uh, with another ministry because we are doing two things. The first thing I said was to recognize it. The second thing you do is to honor it. And the third thing that happens is you begin to receive uh, what is happening on that ministry. Amen. So I just want to encourage you uh, uh, to not blindly miss out on, on some of these things. I would hate uh, for people far and wide to take full advantage of what's happening in our immediate sphere. My heart really is for the local church. It is for you guys uh, to connect with it, participate, uh, draw that grace, and just begin to see it uh, uh, change your life. Amen. So this happened yesterday at about 3 uh, 30 p.m. Remember, we said we're going to be sharing uh, testimonies that are fresh. Amen? It's seven, at least seven days old, okay? Not because uh, uh, we're just trying to move on and keep God busy, but because, you know, I just want you to see that these are not fairy tales. I just want you to see that these are not things that happened last year. These are not things that happened, you know, in the past glory. We are actually in the midst of a revival right now. Amen? And it just takes you to recognize it, and you can begin to live uh, your life revived as well. So this happened at about 3.30 p.m. yesterday. Uh, Pastor Henry sent me this email. He forwarded it because it came through uh, the church office, and the subject of the email was international giving. So it's in light of what uh, Sis Jabu was sharing. And this is what uh, Laura said. She said, I found your podcast, and I really enjoy listening to your teachings. I would like to give to your ministry... 
and I found your giving info on the Give and Partner page. However, I'm giving internationally uh, from Sherman, Texas, and I'm not sure that uh, the bank transfer is the easiest way to give from the U.S. My bank usually charges a fee of at least $15 per transfer. Uh, do you perhaps have PayPal or uh, Apple Pay uh, so that I may be able to give through one of those? So Pastor Henry did his admin. He sent uh, all the information around PayPal and how they can participate in giving uh, through that. And in about 30 minutes, she proceeded to uh, give $1,000. US Now, what's interesting and what's exciting about that is not the money. Uh, that doesn't excite me because I don't get paid on commission. <laughs> okay, nothing changes. What excites me is that, number one, the ministry is going and growing beyond these four walls. And not just these four walls, but uh, our immediate community of four ways, Johannesburg, and even the continent of Africa, we're beginning to reach people that are on the other side of the world. And that's my heart. That's what excites me to the point where they recognize it and they honor it. Amen? And so, that's what excites me. And so, uh, uh, Pastor Henry went on to send them their tax-deductible uh, receipt and so on and so forth. The stuff that they do with the admin, I'm not aware of any of that stuff. And then she went on to share a, 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 an email of a testimony. And she said, uh, thank you. I've listened to many of Faith Your Church's podcast. How many of you listened? I wonder. I've written studies on the power of words and have enjoyed several of Tafara and his wife's podcasts on those as well as other topics. Many of these things I have heard before, but hearing it from a different perspective and a different speaker, the Holy Spirit uses that to show us another scripture in a context we didn't uh, see before. So this was someone we've never met, someone we uh, don't know uh, what they look like, but someone who just came into contact with the ministry and they decided to partner uh, with that ministry. And I believe as supernaturally as the ministry is growing in the realm of finances, I, as a member of this ministry, I can begin to participate in that grace and that anointing when I recognize it and I start to honor it. I, I can believe for supernatural things for my own personal life as well. Amen? This was for Faith Hill. I'm standing as Tafara and saying, you know what? I see what's happening in that ministry. I also want to be a part of that. And so when you give, you're connecting uh, to that grace. I just thought to encourage you with that. But quickly, let's go to Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. Luke chapter number 6, verse 45. We've been talking about as a man thinks in his heart, and today we're starting a brand new series, and this one I would like to call the mind and mouth connection. The mind and mouth connection. It's interesting that there's always a connection between what we say and what we think. So we talked about what we thought uh, in the last, I think, eight or nine weeks. And today we are progressing to show you another aspect of it. And these principles do not operate in isolation. You know, sometimes church folk like to live their lives in isolation and they'll take one piece of the puzzle and shut down all the other pieces of the puzzle. They'll say, okay, pastor is talking about prayer. That means, you know, uh, 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 I can think all kinds of random thoughts that I want because after all, the series is prayer. And then when you start talking about uh, uh, thinking, they say, well, now I can live in unforgiveness until we get to that series. No, you don't have to do any of that. You can bring all the pieces of the puzzle and live a holistic life. Can I get an amen? And so 
you know, if you read Luke 6.45, what does it say? It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. So your mouth is automated to speak what is in your heart in abundance. And you can't cheat the system. You know, like what you used to do in university? You'll be clowning around the entire semester. And two weeks before exam time, man, you would get around reading coffee, put your feet in a bucket of water, and just cheat the system. And you'd still get away with a distinction. Not this one. You can't cheat this one. This one is so watertight. You can't cheat the system. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will surprise you. In other words, it will find itself in your mouth. And sometimes you'll be like, where did that come from? That wasn't me. We know exactly where that came from. It came from your heart. So there's a connection between our hearts and our mouths. And we're going to be talking about the power of words. I've heard you know, people say things like, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never, ever harm me. But that's a, a contradiction from what the Word of God says. The Word of God says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says death. Someone say death. It says death and life. Someone say life. It says death and life. Is in the power of the ANC. He says death and life is in the power of the medical fraternity. No, he didn't say any of that. He said death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, uh, death and life can uh, uh, all be released by your words. Amen. Now, where we live in the earth, uh, there's nothing more extreme than death and life. I know that there is life after death, you know, when we go to heaven and we get to be with Jesus. But in the context of here on the earth, where you and I live, there is nothing more extreme than these two forces. You are either dead or you are alive. Amen? Now, the Bible makes a radical claim. It says, as extreme as death and life are, the power to control these extreme forces is resident in your mouth. In other words, you can literally drag things that are dying in your life from the extremity of death to the extremity of life through your words. Or you can begin to drag things that were flourishing and prospering in your life from the extremity of life all the way to the extremity of death. One example, a marriage relationship between a man and a woman. I can't believe we actually have to say that. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? A marriage relationship between a what? A man and a woman. For example, in the marriage relationship between a man and a woman, 
you have to be careful what kind of words you use to keep that marriage in the environment of life. Otherwise, if you're careless with your words, you can literally drag something that was uh, 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 flourishing, something that was doing well from the extremity of life all the way to the extremity of, of death. And if you are lucky, you may be able to sustain it in ICU for a season with your words. Someone say, you know, my marriage is not doing well. We can literally begin to trace it to the kind of words that you use one to another. Someone say, ouch. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 29, Do not allow corrupt communication to proceed out of your mouth, but only that. Someone say that. Only that which is edifying so that it may minister grace to the hearer. So there's a ministry that you and I have one to another. There's a responsibility that God has given us in dealing with words. And that responsibility is called the ministry of grace. I need to make sure that every word that proceeds out of my mouth, whether through, you know, my vocal cords or text in 2019, 2020, or email, WhatsApp, I need to make sure that those words carry life and not death. Hallelujah. Man, some of the worst people that you can find in this particular realm are married people. They just use all kinds of words on each other. All kinds of words. You, you're sitting there and you're wondering, are you serious? Man, we need to realize that our words matter. Amen? You can't be spewing out bitterness. You can't be spewing out derogatory things one to another. After all, you are the one who chose them. At least we in South Africa, no one was forced into it. In fact, when you came to the altar, the pastor asked, are you doing it according to your own consent? And you said, yes, sir. <laughs> now you turn around and you say, man, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> you are so dumb. I mean, married people, they call each other all kinds of things. You are so dumb. You are the dumbest person I know on earth. Man, and it could be something as little. In fact, we're going to go to the book of James. It's going to show you that the fire raging in a wood, in a forest, fire raging in a forest, started as a small uh, uh, a spark. You know, it's going to show you in the book of James when we, we read that one. You're going to see that sometimes you're just trying to drive from point A to point B. And you're just trying to use your macho to not use the GPS. You know, sometimes you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do it, you know. And then you miss the turn and she starts giving it to you. You, don't even, you can't even do directions. You think, you think. <laughs> Man, we need to be careful what kind of words we use one to another. In a community of believers, we need to be careful what kind of, use, what kind of words we use to describe each other. Amen? You should always describe uh, uh, your fellow brother or your fellow brethren by the uh, identity that Jesus gave them when he died on the cross. Amen? I said amen. 
Some of you don't even realize this, that the Bible never called Thomas doubting Thomas. Did you know that? Because they were careful about the words that they were using one to another. It wasn't the Bible that called him doubting Thomas. It was a few people that came later on that didn't understand the value of words. So uh, uh, you can literally begin to drag things from a, an extremity of death into the extremity of life. And you can actually drag things from life into death. We should be dragging things from death uh, to life with our words. In other words, we should use our words to our advantage. Can I get an amen? Is this making sense? So words are powerful. Amen. You can begin to create a future uh, that you want in God through the power of your words. And I'm not just talking about uh, affirmation here. We're not talking about uh, positive affirmation. Though there's some value to it, you know, sometimes in dealing with sales, uh, that's my background, you know, uh, 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 sales and marketing and, and things of that nature. Sometimes in dealing with sales, if you go to a sales seminar, one of the things they tell you to do uh, in starting out your day is to do some affirmations. You know, today is going to be a beautiful day. Today is a lovely day. That's, this is not what I'm talking about. Though this has some value, what I'm talking about is confession. And there's a difference. Affirmation is just saying nice things. Confession is homologio. And homo means one. And logio is where we get the logos of God's word. So you're saying one thing with what God said in his word. And the reason why this is more powerful than affirmation is because God watches his logos to perform it. He doesn't watch over nice things to do them. Amen. God watches over his word to perform it. So when you start speaking his word, God will see to it that his word will come to pass in your life. So this is way far greater than just saying some nice stuff. What you need to do is to start getting God's word and put it in your mouth. And when you say it, all of heaven goes to work. To make sure that it does not return unto him void, but that it comes to pass. Can I get an amen? And so we see an interesting story here in Ezekiel uh, chapter number 37. Let's go to Ezekiel uh, chapter number 37. And we're going to read from verse 1 uh, to 12 in the NKJV, I think. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. This is Ezekiel speaking. Uh, he carried me out in the spirit uh, of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Someone say the valley was full of bones. And he caused me to pass uh, them round about and behold, there were very many. Someone say there were very many. So not only was the valley full of bones, it says there were plenty. Amen. I said, Amen. And it was in an open valley. And Lord, they were very dry. Someone said they were very dry. The Bible just had to say that. Not only was this valley full of dry bones, there were very many and they were very dry. In other words, this was a big problem. It's a situation of total hopelessness and impossibilities. These bones have zero life in them. It's just bones over here. At the extremity of death. So how do we get these bones to move from the extremity of death to the extremity uh, of life? That's what we're getting ready to read. Uh, verse 3. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? 
In other words, can your situation be turned around? I don't know what you are faced with today, but that's the question uh, 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 in the house this morning. Can your situation be turned around? And I want to submit to you, uh, brothers and sisters, that the answer is yes, it can be turned around. Amen? That's verse 3. And so Ezekiel said, O Lord, you know. And again he said unto me, prophesy. Someone say prophesy. He said prophesy upon these bones. If you read it in the CEV, the contemporary English version, he said, speak to these bones. In other words, speak to your situation. That is over here at the extremity of death. He didn't say talk to God about your situation. He said speak to it. Amen. I said amen. He says, prophesy upon these bones, say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Notice he didn't say hear my affirmation. He said hear the word of the... See, once you bring up God's word, you have power. Once you bring up God's word, you have automatically, uh, immediately become unstoppable. Because God watches over his what? His word to perform it. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and shall cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then I, he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded unto me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. So now we have a situation where the bones are alive. How did he move them from the extremity of death over here to the extremity of life? He spoke to them. Amen? Because words matter. Can I get an amen? Amen. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the wholesome house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. So God is now saying what you just witnessed is similar to what is going on in the nation of Israel. So God is using this as an analogy. He's using this as a picture to to make a point uh, to Ezekiel. He's saying what you just witnessed is exactly what is happening in the house of Israel. In other words, what you just witnessed is exactly what's going on in people's lives. They've lost hope and they feel dry and they feel dead. Now, if that's the case, then it also follows that the same solution that he used in the analogy applies. And how did he uh, turn the entire situation around? He did it through speaking to his hopelessness and to a situation of total impossibility. I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, this morning that you have the authority and the power to bring from death to life your business. You have the power to bring from death to life your relationships. You have the power and it's resident in your mouth. Man, you need to begin to speak life. 
into the situations around you. But it starts by valuing words and realizing the value of words. Words are powerful. They're not just empty uh, 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 entities of breaths coming out of your mouth with sound. Words carry the power to create. In fact, the primary use of words was never communication. Did you know that? Because when God created Adam, Adam lived for a season by himself and there was no Eve. So, who was Adam using those words on? Or his ability to communicate? Nobody. You know why? Because that wasn't the primary use of words. The primary use of words was number one, to worship. And number two, to create. And then, right after that at number three, is communication. Now we've thought that communication is the primary reason for words, and that's why we throw them around carelessly. One of the things we never allow, my wife will tell you, one of the things I never allow uh, uh, for people to do, because where I grew up, I mean, my parents lied to us all the time. I'd go to my parents, having seen a picture of Paris in a magazine, and say, Daddy, can you please take us to Paris? And they say, yeah, I'll take you when next year. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, he knows we ain't going to Paris. <laughs> what happened? He just didn't know the value of words. And one of the things I don't allow, uh, in our household at least, is to just give an answer for, for the sake of giving an answer. Amen. And I say, hey, if we're not going to do it, you better tell the kids we're not going to do it. Don't say yes. And then turn around and say, you know, ah, you know I was just saying. No, you're not just saying. Because your, your, your words have power. And you need to train your heart and your mind to realize that every word that you release, you are intentional about it. Amen. Scripture tells us, he says you are trapped or you are ensnared by your own words. Man, words can literally trap you. If you don't learn how to masterfully use them. So in this series, we're going to be talking about learning how to use words to your advantage. And when you learn how to use words to your advantage, you can literally create uh, the world that you would like uh, to see in your life. Amen. I said amen. And uh, 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 one of the things I want you to write down, if you're taking down notes, is this. That God's word cannot fail. The reason why, why confession is powerful is because God's word can not fail. Write in big, in caps, in bold. You need to write it where you can see it in your house, in your business. God's word can not fail. And remind yourself, I know it's a simple truth, but it's powerful, that God's word can not fail. And so if I speak God's word, it's coming to pass. Numbers chapter number 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, shall he not make it good? Hebrews 6 verse 18 says, it's impossible for God to lie. Did you read that? He says it's impossible for God to lie. He didn't say it's a hard thing for God to lie. He said it's impossible. In other words, even if God wanted to lie, God forbid, God can't lie because everything that comes out of his mouth is the truth. In other words, if God walks into this building this morning and said, Good afternoon, Faith Your Church, on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. How many of you know that it would be foolish for me to say, Excuse me, sir. 
It's Sunday morning. No, it's not. Sunday morning has to change and become Thursday afternoon because God said so. God can't lie because God can't lie. Everything that proceeds out of his mouth is the what? It's the truth. So when God shows up and he says you are the head and not the tail, it's foolish for you to turn around and say, God, excuse me, say, I think you're wrong. Have you checked my bank account lately? When God shows up and he says, by his stripes you're already healed, it would be foolish for you to, excuse me, say, I think you're wrong. Because the diagnosis from the doctor says, no, that diagnosis has to change and become a negative because God cannot lie. Just like that Sunday morning has to change and become a Thursday morning, when you, re when you realize the truth that God cannot lie, Man, I'm telling you, you start to have his word at your disposal. You put it in your mouth, you begin to create. We're not talking about the name it and claim it, blab it principle. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you walking around people's cars in the parking lot saying, I claim this one, I claim this one. You ain't going to get nothing. We're talking about taking God's word, the promises that Jesus paid for at the cross. And those are the ones that you begin to release with your mouth. And when you do, those promises have already been guaranteed and they will come to pass. You just take it. See, see this is so simple. The Christian walk, when you start applying all these principles, it's so simple because everything has already been outlined for us. You don't even have to be clever. All you have to do is copy and paste. Just take his word and put it in your mouth and just release it. And believe it. And when you do, man, you'll begin to see things change. And some of you are still thinking, you know, Pastor, but I still believe words, words don't really matter. Let's go to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. And we're going to read from verse 5 all the way to verse 20. Thank you, Jesus. Man, we've got to learn how to use our words to our advantage. Amen. Don't donate your days to the devil by misusing your words. Some of you have already donated the rest of 2020 to the kingdom of darkness. We see you on social media. <laughs> saying 2020 should be canceled. No, it shouldn't. 2020 is still full of potential. 2020 is still full of God's prosperity. 2020 is still full of fruitfulness. 2020 is the best thing that ever happened to us. In Jesus' name. I love 2020. See, some of you have already postponed 2020. You can't wait for it to... Man, I'm, I'm impregnating 2020 with potential and possibility... As long as we're still here. Listen, we still have September to see God's hand on our lives. We still have October to see God's miracles. we got November and December. I'm not giving the devil a single day by misusing the words that come out of my mouth. You know, I see it all around. Christians, they say, oh, 2020. Man, 2020 is good. You know why? Because we don't go by the calendar. What's, go, what's a two and a zero and another two and a zero got to do with it? Nothing. You know what it's got to do with? With what Jesus did on the cross. And those possibilities are still alive. My dreams are still valid in God's eyes. They haven't changed because of COVID 2021. 
2019. It's not even a 2020 thing anyway. It's 20, na COVID 2019. Man, I'm telling you. You need to get fired up. <laughs> I love 2020. Someone shout, all my days. In 2020, are filled with potential. Are filled with prosperity. Are filled with growth. And acceleration. Man, some of you have cut down on your, on your vision for your business because there's some little, you know, analysis that came out last week from the so-called experts who can't even tell us accurately what's going to happen next week. Man, you shouldn't be doing any of that. You should be standing ready to go forward. You should be standing, man, trusting and believing uh, the promises of God, which are still yes and Amen. Your dreams are still valid in God's eyes. Man, you can still find a mate, date with a mask on. You can't really see the teeth, but you can still get married. Praise God. In 2020, hallelujah. And you can stalk them on Facebook. See what teeth look like. Teeth. Man, it's tough dating in 2020. Can't really see what they look like. We're praying for y'all. Send some prayers. Amen. Ooh, it's tough, man. Man, you just, just met them at the pick and pay. You give them your number. You can't really see who you're giving your number to. You turn around and say, what? Delete my number. Never <laughs> call me again. Anyway, Luke 1 from verse 5 to 20. Some of you think, you know, words have got nothing to do with it. What's words got to do with it? Well, let's see. Luke chapter number 1 from verse 5 to 20. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest uh, named Zacharias. Depending on where you're from, some say Zechariah, not Zachariah. Zachariah of, of the course of Abia and his wife uh, was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. So Zachariah uh, was married to his wife Elizabeth. Now, uh, we're getting into a situation that looks like uh, bones, dry bones. We're getting ready uh, to see a situation of hopelessness, uh, death, and impossibility. Verse 6, uh, they were both righteous before God and walking in all of his commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. So this is a double negative. Not only was Elizabeth barren, but they were quite old. Okay, so this is a double negative. And then it says in verse 8, so scientifically and medically, uh, they, they can't have a child. Amen? I said amen. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's uh, uh, office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his, lost, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar uh, of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. So the angel had come to bring him good news. Just like I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring you good news about your business. I'm trying to bring you good news about your family. I'm trying to bring you good news about your finances. I'm just trying to show you what the scripture uh, says about your situation, that it can be turned around. So here's what the angel said uh, in verse, uh, verse 13. 
He said, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. How many of you know that that's good news? Amen. Amen. That's awesome news. If you can't have a child, and you, you know, you've been barren, and now uh, uh, well-stricken in age, and if the angel comes and says, man, you shall have a son, that's good news. Amen. And thou shalt call his name uh, John. That's verse 13. Thou shalt call his name John, talking about John the Baptist. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. In other words, this John the Baptist is going to be a world changer. Man, this is double good news. Amen. It keeps getting better, right? I said, right? For ye shall be great in the sight of the Lord. I mean, it keeps getting better. And shall uh, drink neither uh, wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. I mean, this is awesome. And he shall go before him, Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient uh, to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared uh, for the Lord. So he was going to prepare the way for Jesus. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. Just in case, God, you had missed out on a very important detail. I need to let you know something. Let's read it in English. Do you mind giving it to me in the uh, New Living Translation, if you don't mind? We're going to read it in the NIV, verse uh, 18. Just, just in case, uh, God, you're missing out uh, on a very important uh, uh, piece of information that you should have considered, Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Just in case you missed out on this very important information, Lord, I did not pass metric. <laughs> you know, when you read that verse, that says God is getting ready to prosper you. Just in case, Lord, you miss out on a very important uh, uh, a part of my life, I did not go to university. You see how we keep disqualifying ourselves? Now, if words uh, didn't have anything to do with it, uh, God would have just said, you know what, forget you, and uh, we're going to continue with the program. But that's not what happened. Let's read on. Uh, the angel answering him said, I am Gabriel, uh, that stand in the presence of the Lord, and I'm sent to speak to you and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. In other words, you have been put on mute. So the angel came with a remote. You know like the remote that you have at your house? The came, angel came with a remote. And because this guy was about to say some crazy stuff, which had the potential to sabotage even the birth of the very man who was supposed to pave way and introduce Jesus the Christ, the angel said, we're not even going to leave this to chance. All we're going to do with you is put you on mute. Because now, with your mouth, we can't trust you with this plan. Now, if words didn't have anything to do with it, why did the angel do that? I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that words have got everything to do with it. 
And here I have to say many people have been aborting God's plans over their lives through their own words. How many of you know that the abortion could have taken place at the first month? Because, you know, sometimes when uh, a, a woman is pregnant, they don't show in the first, sometimes uh, in the first trimester, right? They don't show anything. And so this guy would have said, yeah, I know the angel said three months ago that, you know, you were supposed to get pregnant. Ah, you're not pregnant. The angel lied. You know what that would have done? That would have aborted the entire mission. Amen. So for us to make sure that this mission comes to pass, we're just going to put you on mute. And if you continue reading the story, the day that John the Baptist got born is the day that he was put on unmute. Now you can talk all your crazy stuff. <laughs> and here I have to say some of you have been sabotaging God's plans for your lives. You come to a faith place like this and you pray over your business and you're calling those partners in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling the partners in. And how many of you know that as long as we are here on the earth, sometimes when God answers your prayer, it's going to take time. You know, a woman gets pregnant today, but she's only going to give birth in nine months. It doesn't mean that if it's not showing, she's not pregnant. It doesn't mean that when you don't see anything in the physical realm, nothing is happening. We sing songs about even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Man, we need to now start not just seeing it, now to start walking in it. Because sometimes you come and you pray, you know, and, 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 you know, God answers. You're calling these partners, you're calling these opportunities, you're calling these relationships for your business, you're calling these customers, and as God is getting ready to send them, and as they start walking towards you, and you're over there, over that, where that light is, and the partners, the, the customers, and the people that are supposed to bring you contracts start walking into your direction, and on three months you say, ah, this thing is not happening, the economy is tough, and, you know, these people, they, were, they have to cancel the trip now. The entire thing has been sabotaged. And they have to say, okay, psh, forget, forget you. And we've had so many spiritual restarts and abortions because people have not learned the power of their mouth. Man, you need to start using your words to your advantage. Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 23, that we must hold on to the confession of our faith without wavering. What that means is whatever you say, keep it saved. Is that English? Whatever you say, whatever you've said, keep it said. Don't unsay it by saying something else different. Amen? If you say we're going forward and this business is going to grow, it's going to multiply, we're going to go to the nations, keep it said. Don't unsay it. Because when you unsay it, you are releasing words that are going to literally abort the plan that God has for your life. And just because you don't see it does not mean that it didn't take place. Amen? I said amen. You know, some of you will only be convinced that something died when it was first birthed and then you held it in your hands and then it died. So many dreams have died before they were even born because people just keep aborting them. Some first week. Some on the very night that God released it. And so we need to be careful. If you don't have something great to say about your dreams, just hush. Do you hear what I said? If you don't have an, anything 
nice to say about your life. Shut up! Did you hear what I said? If you don't have anything nice to say about uh, 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 what God is doing in your life, don't say anything. Amen? Don't begin to now speak words that reverse the very things that God has been releasing in your life. God hasn't changed his mind because of COVID-19. He hasn't changed his mind about the prophetic words that he said over your life because of COVID-19. Uh, uh, God is still standing on that word. The only one is waiting on to stand on that word is us. And when we stand on that word and join him, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there is no telling to how many things will begin to unfold in a place like this. Man, dreams will start to pop everywhere like popcorn. I mean, we'll start having testimonies every single week like popcorn, popping everywhere. You know why? Because people have learned to cooperate with God through the use of their words. Did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I'm prosperous. <coughs> Someone shout, I'm going forward. Someone shout, I'm victorious. Someone just, let, let's begin to speak life into 2020. Someone shout, 2020, my 2020 is still blessed. My 2020 is still prosperous. It is still fruitful. Miracles. It is still pregnant with possibilities. The remaining days of my 2020 shall be greater. They shall move from one level of glory to another level of glory. My path in 2020 shall begin to get brighter and brighter. That's what scripture says. It says the path of the righteous get brighter and brighter. Your life is supposed to get better. Amen. If you read in another place, it says the latter glory shall be greater than the former glory. 2019 can never, ever, as great as it was, it can never, ever, ever outperform 2020. And 2021 is even going to be better. And 2022 is even going to be better. Why? Because this thing is supposed to get better. Amen. My marriage in 2015 was great, but 2021, 2020, it's fire. Mm, this thing is getting better like wine. 2022, I can't even imagine what my wife and I are going to be doing. It's just going to be fire. It may be gifts every single day. I may get a car. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, this is what you ought to do. Begin to speak life into your days. And when you do, I'm telling you, these things work. You begin to see your life just move from one level of glory to another. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We